Well, hey, you made it. You found us. You've joined us once again for another week uh, of our online service here with Element City Church. My name is Lyle. I'm the worship director here. Uh, and we're just excited that you have decided to spend some time with us tonight or whether it be uh, if you're watching this on replay throughout the week. Uh, so we just want to welcome you and uh, let you know of a couple things. One, uh, we've got an app that's available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. It's Element City Church. Uh, and that app's going to be kind of your one-stop shop to be able to, one, stream service, which you already kind of figured out how to do that one. Uh, two, you can get sermon notes. You can follow along there. Uh, we've always got updates and news and announcements in there. Uh, and that's where you can go to give. So uh, we just finished up our, our fiscal year. And I just want to take a minute to say thank you. Uh, we hit all of our, our budget goals this past year. That's the first year in a while that we've been able to do that. And the reason we're able to do that is because of how generous um, as a church, you all have continued to be, even in the midst of this pandemic season. That's pretty amazing, because uh, the truth is, we wish that we could all just show up and, and do ministry, uh, and that there wouldn't be a cost or, or, or any problem with that, but, but the reality is it takes money to be able to do what we do, to pay salaries, to fund uh, people being able to go out and do missions work, whatever it may be. Uh, and so you believe in this church, and that's why you're, you're giving us uh, and trusting us, really, uh, with your money so that we can use that to further the kingdom of God. And that's our heart. That's really what we want to do. So thank you uh, so much for doing that. So if God's putting it on your heart to give, again, that's in the, the app where you can do that. Or if you want to uh, swing by the office at some point when someone maybe might be there, I don't know, uh, you can always drop off a check that way as well uh, if you get in touch with one of us. But uh, yeah, so if you, you've made it online, hopefully you've seen the chat that's right below you. Uh, so we've got some hosts in that chat. They're going to welcome you in there. And throughout this service, they might post some links and things that are going to be helpful. Uh, but also want to make sure that you know if there's something that you really need prayer for, even if it's something that you kind of need prayer for, or just maybe need prayer for, click that button uh, to chat with somebody because uh, they're, they're waiting to pray with you. Uh, and we want to partner with you in that way if we can. So we're continuing our summer of prayer series tonight. David's going to be speaking again since uh, Jack and his family have been able to get some vacation time. Uh, and Brian and uh, the Lee family, they were able to get away to Sholo. And we just continue to pray for his recovery uh, as well. Uh, so the church of the week before we get started with worship is 22nd Street Baptist Church. Uh, so I know that there's some people who grew up actually uh, going to that church who attend Elements now. So kind of a special place for some of us um, but yeah, we want to pray for Pastor Ashley over there and for them. And we're going to pray as we get started with our service as well. So would you join me in that? Father, we're grateful for tonight. We're so grateful that, uh, that you want to speak to us, that you want to move uh, in our hearts and in our lives. And so we're just giving you permission to do that right now. Uh, would you open our hearts uh, to receive your word in a powerful way tonight? Would you get us uh, ready to worship, Lord? And as we do, would you fill us with your joy? Uh, so we want to lift up Pastor Brian, and we pray that you continue to heal him uh, from his stroke, God, and that as the recovery process moves along, uh, that they would just be wise, he and the family, uh, as he uh, gets better and gets uh, a plan in place on how to try to prevent this and uh, getting back to work and all of that. Lord, would you just let your hand uh, guide them in all of that? We also want to lift up 22nd Street Baptist Church. We want to thank you uh, for their ministry. Uh, I've had friends who've led worship there and been a part of that congregation for years. And so we're grateful for what you're doing in and through them. We pray that you would provide for them uh, all that they need financially uh, during this season uh, so that they can continue to do ministry in the part of town that they're at. Um, but yeah, just give them wisdom, God. Give them uh, just an extra dose from your Holy Spirit 
uh, of your power uh, so that they can have an effect with all the work that they're doing in their neighborhoods as they share the gospel and uh, just spread the good news uh, here in Tucson as we all get to labor to build the kingdom together. So Lord, uh, again, we're just excited for the work that you're going to do tonight. We're ready to join you in that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I was lost with a broken heart You picked me up, now I'm sad apart From the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than my words could say I'll follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your ways Forever free in unending grace Cause you are, you are, you are my freedom We lift you higher, lift you higher Your love, your love, your love never ending Oh, oh, oh You are alive in us Nothing can take your place You are all we need Your love has set us free of the darkest night let your love be the shining light breaking chains that were holding me you send your son down to set me free and everything of this world will fade i'm pressing on till i see your face and i will live that you will be done i won't stop till your kingdom come because you are, you are, you are my freedom We lift you higher, lift you higher You are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. Cause you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher, lift you higher.
There's a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As he walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear praises He hears faith to hear it's the sound of the savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray where we hear worship he hears faith Don't hold it in 
set all of our attention, all our gaze, all of our affections on you right now, Lord. And those words that we just sang, would they not just be words, uh, but what we see, they're prayers. God, that's our prayer for ourselves for tonight. We live in this world where there's so much noise, there's so much chaos right now. And what we need is just for you to break through that. We just need your peace, Jesus. So would you come and just give us, in this moment, just that space uh, where we can shut out what we don't need to pay attention to, where we can kind of tune through all the static, and we can hear you, Father. We can hear what it is that you want to say to us tonight. So Lord, would you open our, our hearts to receive your word? Would you open our ears to hear wonderful things from it? I just pray your anointing over Pastor David. I ask that you would speak through him profoundly tonight. Just give him words that as they wash over us, Lord, that they give us that peace, they give us that, that change that we need, not just conviction, God, but they help us to see where we need to grow, what directions we need to start moving in so that we can become more like your son, Jesus. Just as we sang, Lord, quiet my heart. I'm listening. Speak to us now, Father. It's in your holy and your precious name that we pray these things. Amen. I don't know where you're at right now, uh, where you've, what you've been experiencing in the worship or even really just throughout this day and past weeks, but I just feel overwhelmed right now. Um, I feel so thankful to be able to be called a child of God. I feel so privileged to be able to call on the name of Jesus, my Savior. The one who is my friend, the one who made me, the one who is with me. And I hope tonight that through the worship and through the word, as we have actually even prayed tonight, we pray that 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 presence of God would welcome you and meet you right where you're at today and tonight uh, because we need it. We need him. We need to turn our hearts to him. And 
And, and, and let him be bigger than everything else in this world. Let his word be more treasured than anyone else's words. Any other arguments, any other ideas, let's let Jesus and let's let our Father be the one who dictates the meditations of our heart, the desires of our heart, and the direction of our lives. Amen? Uh, Welcome you all tonight. Again, I, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know where this message is gonna go, but I just, again, I am overwhelmed with his presence. I am overwhelmed with who he is and just how small I am and unworthy I am, and yet he has made me worthy, and that's just so overwhelming. Um, to, we're gonna continue our series on prayer, and today we're gonna talk about hearing from God, but, but much, much more than just hearing from God and practices about hearing from God. All those things are very important, and on the, our YouTube page, the Element City uh, Church YouTube page, there's all kinds of prayer practices on there. If you need help finding it, you can reach out to us. But tonight, I, I really just wanna talk about uh, King David and to talk about him as an example because, you know, Jesus said all of the scriptures spoke of him. And King David, in a particular way, his person, his status, his kingship, the way he prepares to build and prepare for the temple to come, all of these things very much speak of Jesus. And so we're gonna probe into the life of David a little bit and what ultimately God spoke to him so that we can learn to hear like David did and ultimately learn to hear the way Jesus heard the Father. Uh, I, think, I think, again, amazingly, a lot of people, they stress when Jesus was on the cross, this idea of him feeling uh, rejected. And, and, and yes, he, he must have felt that to some degree. And those, certainly the people looking at him no doubt thought he was accursed because he was being crucified. But the Psalms reveal, and it was a Psalm that David had written, he said, I, I saw that moment, you know, it's a, such a beautiful thing. Again, imagine the kind of heart and the kind of person and the kind of blessing that David must have been for the father to reveal to him some hundreds of years prior to what the son would feel and what the son would experience on the cross. And this is what David said. He said, I see my father on my right hand. And the person on your right hand was your defender. The person on your right hand was there for you. He was there to vindicate you. He was there to say you're in the right. And when Jesus is on the cross and he's, he's dying for you, he's dying for me, he felt many things, a lot of pain. But what overwhelmed him in the moment was to be able to look and see the Father at his right hand with a whole host of angels that would have been willing to rescue him. He knew it was available. He knew it was there for him. He knew the Father was at his right hand. And David got to hear that. He got to see that even though he did not live in that same time. And so David was a very special man to God. He really was. God made a with him, and, and that was done with only a handful of people or a handful of situations. And you got to understand, David was anointed king at a very young age, and yet he did not experience anything 
of the privilege or the honor that might you would think would come with that anointing, right? Like most people, when they were anointed king or anointed prophets, immediately everybody recognized it. Immediately there was impact in their life and things were now available, available to them that weren't before. But David, it wasn't like that. It was, he was anointed in secret. He, he was only anointed after the prophet had actually tried to anoint all of his older brothers. He was the last one in the line. He was the runt. He was the servant boy. He was the little shepherd boy. But when he came before the prophet, the father revealed to the prophet, look at the heart. Look at the heart of this young man. He's the one I'm going to choose. And that's what the father is looking at you tonight. He's looking at me tonight. He's not looking at your talents. He's not looking at your abilities. He's not looking at how well you're holding up. What he's looking at is your heart. What he's looking at is a heart that is bent to worship him. That is bent on listening to him. That is looking to follow him. Though he fail, though he sin a thousand times. There is just but one thing the Father looks at, and it is at the heart. Is that heart bent towards me? And I invite you tonight that if you find that your heart is not 100% to worship him, to follow him, to obey him, to, to do anything for him, then that is going to hinder you from hearing his voice. You see, hearing, hearing anyone's voice is very intimate. I think of, uh, of my wife and I, right? Some of the most intimate times is, is at night and, and the lights are off and we're able to just whisper into each other's ears things that God spoke to us that day, things we're worried about, things we hope for, to express our love for one another. In other words, there's nothing else. The only thing we hear is each other's breath, each other's voice. And if you want to hear God like that, then there's only one thing he requires, and it's a heart wholly devoted to him. And that's what David represents. That's what David was about. Though he sinned and fell short many times, God said he, was, he had a heart after him. And, and really that expression pointed to the fact that David never worshipped any other gods. He never led Israel, the nation, to worship any other gods, and every king that was to come after him was measured by that standard. I, I understand you might build walls, you might build cities, you might build temples, all in the name of God, and great and wonderful, but where's your heart? Are you worshiping me and me alone, or are you turning to the idols? And that's what separated the evil kings from the faithful kings. And so David, you know, he was anointed, but soon after, King Saul became jealous of him. He was a worshiper, and he played worship, and, and Saul recognized his intimacy. You see, Saul recognized something in David that he must have known. I once had that intimacy with the Father, but I turned to witches. I turned to the soothsayers. I turned to other methods in order to hear from God or manipulate God, and God took away from me. And he now saw in this young man, David, something he once had, but now he had lost. Some of you out there, you first became to the Lord Jesus, 
and you could hear from him and you prayed with fervency and you followed him and you shared him and then something hit you, something happened, a dry moment, whatever it was. Where is that fire? Where is that ability to hear once again what the Father is saying to you? Are you in that place of Saul or are you in that place of David? If you're in that place of Saul, I have good news for you. If you'll just acknowledge it, if you'll just confess it, if you'll just say, Father, I don't know, I've lost my way. I used to be full of you, but I'm now dry. I, I, used, to, I used to want to desire after you and the things of you, but I've lost my way. He will lead you back. You see, his name is the shepherd. He is the good shepherd, and he knows how to lead you back to the living waters. What a wonderful and patient and compassionate and wise and holy and loving God we serve. You see what a privilege it is to worship him, to, to know that he is this kind of God, so much better than we really deserve, so much better than we can imagine. And every time we fail, we're the ones holding us back. He's never pushing us. He's always there with open arms, and David knew this. Finally, David uh, it, it came time where many years later where he did get to sit on the throne. He did begin to lead Israel as their king and, and now begin to walk in the anointing that he had received so many years earlier. And, and, and God had begun to give him victory over everything in his life. Every enemy in Israel was being defeated one after the other. And his throne and his kingdom and his rule begin to be built up higher and higher and higher to the point that all the other nations begin to envy this rule of David. And you would think at that moment that maybe he would sit back and take his ease. Maybe in that moment he would think, you know what, I've done a pretty good job. But the reality is it was in that moment that he began to get stirred up and think, yeah, I've got a great house. I've got a great kingdom. I've got a great family. Everything is going well for me. But what about the house of the Lord? Where is the ark? Where is the presence of God? Where is God? That's what David yearned for. That's what he longed for. It wasn't the bells and whistles. It wasn't the power and the position of the kingdom. It was the ark of the covenant. It was the very mercy seat to placed in the center of that city so that it would be called the city of God and not necessarily the city of David. Where about us? When things, and again, I, I find myself much in this place where I feel like everything is blessed. My family as well. They are healthy. Our needs are provided for. God is with me. He has blessed me abundantly as I have sought his face. But what will I do with it? What will I do with it? I tell you what I feel him stirring in me is, what about the nations? What about other cities? What about all those you see on social media and in the news? What about the hundreds it seems anymore of the children being shot in the city streets of our nation? What about them? How are they doing? You see, we've been so blessed, but what will we do with that blessing? Let's see, let's gonna read in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. This is that moment. David's now been trying to get the ark back for quite some time now, several months. He's failed a few times. He's lost a good friend over it because of his own failures. 
He became afraid of God in this moment, but he persisted. He kept praying, he kept seeking, and he got back into the word and thought, oh, here's my problem. I'm not doing what God's really called me to do. In my zeal, I lost my way. But the truth of his word has shown me the way. And now David finally gets an opportunity to bring it back and bring it back in the way that God designed. And he says, uh, they brought the ark of God and put it in the middle of the tent of David that he had pitched for it. This is sometimes referred to as the tabernacle of David. And it's really such an amazing thing, especially for the Old Testament time. You see, in the tabernacle of Moses, uh, a person could only come into the holiest of holies where the ark was once a year, and it was the high priest. But David, throughout his rule, has this tent that he builds. And the only thing in it is the ark, is the place where God said he would meet with him. And David was given unabated un, uh, access. He could come there every day. For the whole rule, David had access to the Father. He had access to the presence of God. And David, probably more than anybody, well, it was revealed to him the things that would come in Christ. You see, when the New Testament constantly reveals the mysteries about Christ, there are more times than not quoting Psalms. There are more times than not quoting the songs and the prayers of David that he must have had and experienced in that place of intimacy. Do you want that? It's available to you. For David, he was the only one at the time. But the blessed promise has now come that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on you now. And every one of you have that access that was given to David. Every one of you can come into that place and come out of that place with songs and prayer and worship and thanks in such a way that the world would hear the proclamation of who Jesus is. That's my heart's desire and I'm praying that's our church's heart's desire and I'm praying for every individual out there that you would get a taste of this and get so hungry for it that nothing would stop you. When David had finished offering burnt sacrifices and peace, and peace offerings, he pronounced a blessing over the people in the name of the Lord. He then handed out to each Israelite man and woman a loaf of bread, a dated cake, a raisin cake. He'd given them food. He appointed some of the Levites to serve or to minister before the ark of the Lord. You see, that's what each and every one of us are called to do. Your first and highest calling is to serve or minister to the Lord himself. Now, what does that look like? You see, that's why uh, the Old Testament is so critical. You see, the New Testament will say, you've been called to give God thanks. And we're just kind of left to go, well, what does that look like? What does that entail? Well, it's the Old Testament that oftentimes shows us what that looks like in practice. What it looks like is this. He says, you're to offer prayers songs of thanks and hymns to the Lord of the God of Israel. And he then, David began to choose out leaders among Israel and, and some of them were to play instruments of, of stringed instruments and sound on cymbals and trumpets were to be blown all the time. Instruments and words and songs and proverbs and, and, and anything that would exalt God. This is too what we're called to. So David, on this beautiful day, when the ark was brought in, he wrote this song. You see, David's rule in Jerusalem 
started with him giving a song, and if you'll follow the story, we won't go there today, it ends with him giving a song of praise as well. So this song, he says, this song in verse seven is a song of thanks to the Lord. That word thanks is the Hebrew word yada. It means to get your hands moving. Whether on a stringed instrument, whether in throwing them up in the air, whether than building something for the Lord, one way or another, get your hands moving for the Lord's sake. That's what yada means. Give him thanks. Force your hands into the Lord's service, not only in prayer and worship, but into the world. Let these hands be pure. Let them be the hands of the Lord. This is what it is to give thanks to the Lord. You see, to give thanks involves all kinds of things, things that we might term praise or confession or just to simply boast about the Lord. In fact, this, this whole song that we're about to read, everything in it contains what it, what it means when it says you are to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, verse, towards, towards, uh, verse eight, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his accomplishments, his accomplishments among the nations, sing to him, make music to him, every one of those things you're called to do. That is what it is to serve the Lord. That is what it is to minister to him. Not to you, not to each other. First and foremost, let us take time to minister to him, to his heart's desire, to the things that he wants to hear, to the things that he wants to see, to the things that he has a desire for. Tell about all his miraculous deeds. That word tell is, is another wonderful word. In, in other translations, it means to meditate or to think or to prayerfully ponder. I love that one. In Psalms 119, it says this, using that same word. I stayed awake all night, prayerfully pondering your promise. In your love, listen to me. In your justice, oh God, keep me alive. You see, we are in verse 10, boast about his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and the strength he gives. Seek his presence continually. Another translation calls it, seek his face continually. You see the intimacy of that language? Don't just seek me and what I can give you, but if you come to me and you're seeking my face, you're seeking me. You're, you're, you're seeking to know me. And, and God, once again, he, he is a person, not that he, he is just man, but he, he is a personhood, he's a personality, he's a living being that has a heart and he's listening to your heart. And like I said, there's only really one thing he requires and it's a heart that's madly in love with him. It's called the great commandment for a reason. Give me all your heart, give me all your soul, give me all your life. Give me all of what you have and give it to me and you watch what I'll do in your life. You watch the blessings, you watch my presence increase in your life and I'll speak to you intimate things that not everyone gets to hear. In the dark moment when people have a lot of questions, I'll speak my answers to you because you've continually sought my face. You see, all of this is wrapped up in what it is to give thanks to the Lord. 
That's the first movement, to really seek his presence through that thanksgiving. The second movement of the song starts in verse 12. He says, now recall or remember the miraculous deeds he performed. Again, a very personal thing. What person wants to be forgotten, especially by their loved ones? That would be so painful that if somehow one day you walked home and everybody acted like they don't even know you, they don't remember you, Everybody wants to be remembered. Nobody wants to be forgot. You remember on that renewed Passover night with Jesus and his disciples, right? When he gave them the wine and he gave them the bread, he had those words. Every time you eat it, remember me. Remember my words. Remember my compassion. Remember my patience. Remember my healing. Remember how I longed for the lost sheep. Remember me. Don't just eat the bread and wine, remember me. He knew that we as humans are prone to forget. We, 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 might, we might talk about Jesus as if he's some kind of trophy. We might talk about Jesus as if he's some kind of Santa Claus. We might talk about him all kinds of ways and think we're remembering him. But when he said to remember him, he means by that, do what I did. Live how I lived, love how I loved, forgive how I forgave. Remember me, don't forget me. Don't turn this thing all around, don't get it twisted. Remember, when I looked at that widow, remember when I looked at that adulterous woman and said, who condemns you? Remember that story and they wrote it down so that we too could hear it. We too could remember, that's the kind of savior we follow. That's the kind of Lord we follow. That's the movement of what it is to give thanks. You've gotta remember. It means to record, to make a memorial, to bring back to your mind again and again and again. Bring it back to your mind and to your fellow brother's mind and to the church's mind and to the person on the street's mind. Remind everyone. Otherwise, there'll be violence in the streets. Otherwise, there'll be hatred in the hearts and neighbor will be against neighbor. And this is what we see. Verse 13, O children of Israel, God's servant. O descendants of Jacob, God's chosen ones. You see, there's both responsibility and blessing in those words. You are God's children, what a blessing. But you are God's children, what a responsibility. Take it serious. Awaken your soul. Begin praise him, begin to worship him, begin to thank him, begin to remember his wonderful deeds in your life. Do not forget them. This is what it is to praise. This is what's hindering most believers from hearing him. You see, God does not hear us unless we first praise him. David, once again, if you're gonna enter the courts, how you gonna do it? With praise and thanksgiving. You see, people might begin to ask, people might begin to say things, but until you begin to thank him, until you begin to rehearse who he is and what he's done, you haven't entered his presence. And unless you've entered his presence, then your requests fall on deaf ears. 
and you don't hear anything coming back and you wonder what's wrong. I'll tell you what's wrong, people, especially in this culture, especially in this nation. We have lost the ability to sustain thanksgiving and praise to him. Can you do it 30 minutes a day? Just nothing but all out shouting and moving hands and declaring his praises. What would that look like? That's actually pretty difficult. But if you train yourself and if you challenge yourself, you know what, if nothing else, I'm gonna start devoting myself to ministering to him ministering to his heart, and I'm gonna recount every deed until I've, I've nailed every one. I'm gonna begin to praise him, for I remember the thing he did when I was five. I remember the thing he did when I was seven. I remember what he did yesterday, and I'm gonna get to remind him and tell him of how good he is. And once you make that a regular practice, you'll begin to hear him. But we have such little praise, so little thanksgiving, so easily to become bitter and, and think that we're not getting what we deserve. Our eyes turn inward. And, and really praise and thanksgiving to God has is, is almost been a distorted thing now to where people will go, well, what's God insecure? You know, there's all these questions and doubts that wanna come in to make it some kind of ugly thing when it's meant to be the most beautiful, intimate thing with the Lord where we begin to partake of his nature and hear his heart and be changed by it. 14, he is the Lord our God. He carries out judgments throughout the earth. Remember continually his covenantal decree, the promise made to a thousand generations, to the promise he made to Abraham, the promise by oath to Isaac. He gave it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as a lasting promise. You see, he's just going through the story and he's recounting again and again, you were faithful, you were faithful, you were faithful, you were faithful, and you will be faithful. No matter what I face, no matter what I see, you are my God and I am your son. He is our God and we are his people and he will be faithful. Recount these things and he'll give an inheritance. Verse 23, I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. The third movement of the song of David for thanksgiving. This song served as the foundation for the temple worship. Parts of it are quoted and redone all throughout the book of Psalms. There was something revealed to David in this psalm that became the foundation of the worship. The third movement, I call it the proclamation of the one true God, the one true king and judge. Verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth. Announce every day how he delivers. Tell the nations about his splendor. Tell the nations about his miraculous deeds, for the Lord is great and certainly worthy to be praised. He is more awesome than all the other gods, all the other philosophy, all the other arguments, all the money in the world. He's greater. This is who our God is. For the gods of the nations are worthless. Their arguments their ideas of justice, their ideas of how to make a change, all of them are worthless 
They will not bring the change that only God can change because it's the heart that must change. And the only way the heart changes is when the eyes look into the face of Jesus and get to see who he really is. And that tells me who I really am. And then when I look at you, now I know who you really are and I am to treasure you, I am to forgive you, I am to love you, I don't care the skin color, I don't care how much money you got, I don't care what you can give to me, I've got to give to you because you're made in the image of my Savior and my God. You see, that's how change happens. Majesty or majestic splendor emanates from him. He is the source of strength and joy. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord splendor and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the splendor he deserves. Bring an offering. Don't come empty-handed. And enter his presence. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Come with a pure heart and clean hands. Don't do injustices out there and think you're gonna do justice with God. Don't be unloving out there and think the love of God is all gonna be sweet and savory for you when you come into his presence. Come into his presence with holy attire and demonstrate that by loving your neighbor as he has loved you. Tremble before him, all the earth, The world is established, it cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be happy. Let the nation say, here it is, the Lord reigns. He is king and there is no other. He is to be worshiped and no other. There are no other gods, he alone. There are no way forwards, he alone. There is no other life, he alone has life. All things are made by him, and all things are made for him, and all things are meant to live through him. He alone is the sovereign one. Let the sea and everything in it shout. What are they to shout? The Lord reigns. Notice that refrain, the Lord reigns, and now what does he desire? Everything in the sea. Let it too shout that he reigns. Let everything in the field celebrate that he reigns. Then let the trees of the forest shout with joy that he reigns before the Lord, for he will come to bring justice or judgment to the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his loyal love endures forever. That's what it is David shows us to give thanks to the Lord. Now notice the last thing here, the final request, the final movement. Now notice there's all this stuff about praising him and recalling him and remembering him and proclaiming him. And now here's the small little verse. It's all that's required. It's all that's needed. At this point, you're in his presence. At this point, there is joy. At this point, the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking and revealing. And now you lay your request down as David says, now say this prayer, deliver us. Oh God who delivers us, gather us and rescue us from these nations. That's it. You see, when you thank him, 
when you praise him, when you seek his presence, when you remember his good deeds and you declare them to the nations, both in word and in deed, then when the time comes, and you'll know it, the desire of your heart will rise up of what you're asking. And all you gotta say is, deliver me. And the Father says, I'm there. I'm already ahead of you. I knew it before you asked. I've already done it. Maybe call them now. You see, that's how he is. That's how good he is. I'm gonna jump to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Again, you see the demonstration of what it looks like in the Song of David. Now hear it in short order form through the words of Paul. Rejoice always. So we can read that and just think, okay, I rejoice. No, 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 it's gonna take you an hour or so to rejoice in the Lord, to make a boast in him, to celebrate it, to make a party out of it. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. In other words, delight yourself in Jesus. Go until you're so delighted in him, you can't help yourself. Be unceasingly and persistent in prayer. And in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. The highest calling to minister unto the Lord, to serve the Lord by giving him thanks in the way that David laid down for us. This is what he's calling us to, people. Rise up out of the, the muck and the mire. Rise up above the arguments and the depressions and, and the desire to wanna shout back, right? You feel that? I feel it. I hear the same voices you hear. <laughs> I just don't listen. <laughs> I shut them out and I go, those aren't the voices I wanna hear. I wanna hear the voice of the Lord. We're getting ready to worship. We got one more song, but you got all the time in the world. This is your calling in the Lord. You wanna do the will of God today? You wanna do the will of God tonight and tomorrow and the next day and be found faithful? Then be found giving constant thanks and praise to the one who saved you, to the one who gave his life to you and to me and is wanting to do so much more. He's wanting to do so much more if we'll just begin to seek his face continually in thanksgiving, amen? Let us pray. Lord, what a privilege. What an honor, God. What is man that you are mindful of him? Who is the son of man that you bestow such blessing and honor? And yet you have. Here we are. We are people created by your life. And what we were created for, we were created to be instruments of praise, instruments of thanksgiving, and instruments of your love and your mercy to the world. 
Lord, fill us once again. We are empty, we are dry, but you are good. And you have more than enough. We seek a revival, God, of praise and thanksgiving. We pray tonight, let it begin with us. In Jesus' name, amen. me in water as deep as the sea hide me in love your healing embrace peace like a river wash over me as I worship your majesty Worship your holy name, Jesus, my everything. All that I am is yours. Come, Holy Spirit. As I pour out your praise, come Holy Spirit, Lord have your way, as I worship your majesty, I worship your holy name, Jesus my your majesty I worship your holy name Jesus my
send it now move of your spirit heaven break come now in power cover this land like you've done it before would you do it again lord send revival lord send it now move of your spirit heaven break out That's our heart's cry, that what God has done before, what the scriptures speak about, what we read in church history, let God do that today in us and through us. What a promise, what a responsibility. Let us cry out to him that we would see these things in our day, in our lives, in our family, and in our children, and in our children's children. If you're watching out there and you're new with us, Again, reach out to that host if you have prayer, if you have questions. If you wanna get more connected, reach out to them and ask those questions and they'll get you connected. Uh, and again, to all of you, all of my Element City Church family, once again, I love you. I look forward to us getting together, but, but let there be no excuses for any of us. If you want help, if you want a coach to help you grow in prayer, to help you grow in this kind of thanksgiving, to growing in worship, to growing in the presence of God, reach out to me, reach out to Jack, reach out to, to one of us, and we'll give you a coach, we'll hook you up with somebody who wants to go on the journey with you. You see, if you try to go on the journey by yourself, it almost always fails. Most 
people, in fact, I probably would have say everyone, needs others to go with them. And that's what the coach is meant to do. We've been training coaches, and you coaches out there, what are you doing? If you're not coaching somebody, don't wait for me, don't wait for somebody else, pray and ask God, God, who can I coach? And if you feel like you need more coaching yourself, well then give me a call. There should be no excuses, no no reasons to hold any of us back. Let us join together. Let us ask one another for help and for prayer and for three by three prayer and all these kinds of things. And let us move forward into the promised land. Let us move forward into the inheritance that God is giving us through praise, through worship, and through what he has given us in his spirit. Love all you guys. Can't wait to to just see what God's going to do, right? I I don't know why I have this crazy hope. I have this crazy expectation. Is God going to do something wonderful in a time that it seems like is so dead? I believe he's looking for hearts. He's looking for churches, and I'm hoping that's us. So, Lord, we just want to praise you. We want to thank you tonight. We want to minister to you this week, God. We want to shut off the the noise. We want to shut off the static. And we just want to minister to you, God. Here we come. May you greet us with your kindness. May you greet us with your love. And may you greet us with your joy and your freedom that is always found in your presence. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night. Bye-bye.